You want to know what the best, most comforting, team-wide feeling that a hockey player can experience? I'll give you a hint. It's the same for the fans in the seats. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins, and it comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates, which I hope you'll check out. Penguins 4, Hurricanes 2. Penguins are now, I went and looked this up myself, 9-5-4 and four against the NHL's top 10 teams in the overall standings. The only ones they haven't beaten are the Avalanche, who they haven't played yet. A couple games with them coming up here real soon. And the Flames, who beat them here in Pittsburgh, and then the Penguins at least got a point against them in a shootout loss in Calgary in late November. That's it. They've beaten all of them otherwise. Up, down, and sideways. Brian Boyle had a terrific remark, I thought, yesterday after the game when he was asked about the satisfaction of beating a team like the Hurricanes, who are tied right now with the Avalanche for the number one record in the league. I think we can beat any team, really. I mean, look look what we've done this year. I think, look what, I guess with the exception of, yeah, Carolina until today. But um, I think there's a confidence in our group that we – when we're playing the way we're capable of, we're we're a tough team to beat. We want to continue to do that and get better as the season progresses because it gets harder as the season progresses. The game changes a little bit. It gets a lot more stingy every month you go into. Uh, there's a lot less free space on the ice and the emotions run higher. So there's a lot more, uh, I guess, um, you know, I think there's a lot more discipline in how you play, how you conduct yourself and conduct your emotions. And I think that's, you know, a game like today is a great test for that. We got a few more tests like that. Our schedule is not, not easy. Um, I think it's a great way to prepare for, you know, when the real fun starts and we got to put ourselves in a great position to make the playoffs, to get in. And you want to be as high a seed as you can, but you want to play the right way when you're, when you get there to give yourself a chance to advance. Good stuff, right? You can see why the other players and the coaches uh, glow about Boyle's presence, not just on the ice, but on the bench and in the locker room. Every team needs a couple of those kinds of guys. And for him to have come along uh, as a tryout in training camp seems hard to believe right now. And to have seven goals and have had the general impact that he has uh, defensively and on penalty killing, wow, what a godsend he's been. But the real godsend in the equation, I feel like it's worth reminding every once in a while, as obvious as it is, has been the goaltender. Yeah, I know. The Hurricanes had 43 shots, and a lot of them were from the outside. They tend to do that a lot. They've actually done it for years under Rod Brindamore. And Tristan Jari wasn't tested with a ton of high-quality chances among those. But the hallmark 
of uh, ooh, what's the adjective I want to use here? I was about to say great goaltender. I'm not ready to put him into any category like that. I guess of a very good goaltender is that you know they'll be ready to make the toughest saves uh, even when they're not facing a lot of high quality. And that's the kind of game that this was for Jari. He stayed so strong, so sound throughout the entire thing that this presence alone, you could feel it. The rest of the team fed off. Doesn't mean you want to give up the two-on-ones and so forth, and the Penguins did a lot better as the game went on in cutting down the odd man breaks. But it does mean that you have confidence in him. It does mean that you believe that he's going to make the big save, and in turn, you can go ahead and attack the other end with an aggressive mindset. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. But we have kind of reached that point, haven't we? All of us. When we're watching him play, it actually, as soon as he starts, you just presume that the big saves are going to get made and that whatever might go wrong for the Penguins in that game will be related to something else, most commonly secondary scoring. But you don't think about the goaltending. You don't even think about it. And there honestly isn't a higher compliment that you can pay to a player at that position at any level of the game. That you just, yeah, I'll say it, you, you just take him for granted. Now, for what it's worth, Jari shrugged off his own performance as well, sounding a lot like some of the stuff that I just said. Just, uh, they was able to get a shot from the middle, and it was a pretty good opportunity. He was in a good spot, and he was able to break our coverage on the penalty kill, and I think he got a really good opportunity, and I was lucky enough that I was able to get my toe on it, and it kind of stuck under my pad, and Trocek wasn't able to get a rebound out of it. But he also knows that he made an exceptional toe save on Sebastian Ajo on a Carolina power play in the third period that could have altered the game. He also knows that he made a bunch of other big saves, notably on a couple of two-on-ones that the Hurricanes had right off the bat. Like One was in the first 10 seconds, as if the Penguins haven't had enough of the Hurricanes burning them in the first 10 seconds. You know, the Penguins have played a bunch of good teams lately. And as I noted earlier, they've been doing really well against good teams all season long, and that's true right now as well. And it's instructive to see how they fare in various facets, whether it's power play, penalty kill, five on five, here it comes again, secondary scoring, but does any of it mean more than what you're seeing from Jari against these teams? He's the equalizer. 
If something does go wrong, if there's a matchup that doesn't play for you against a specific quality team, and we've seen that with some of the different opponents the Penguins have faced just of late, teams that are especially good, for example, on the transition, or teams that are really dynamic down low in holding the puck the way Florida and Carolina are, teams that are really strong with the net front, the way Vegas is, and the way the Rangers are. This is this is all good information. But again, the one factor that's unwavering through all of this has been Jari. And if it sounds like I've been talking about all of this just to bring up that pass he tried up the middle, near the end of the second period. The one that was picked off by Derek Stepan, and he ended up shooting it wide, so it didn't harm anything. But I could picture Pittsburghers everywhere having multiple seizures, reliving Josh Bailey's goal for the Islanders in that playoff game. Even that, even that meant nothing. Because when you break it down, and I did uh, pretty extensively with the video, what really went wrong there is that Chris Letang made a slow, awkward backtrack to the puck that kind of left Jari in no man's land. And then even after Jari had made a clear decision to go play the puck, Letang didn't make himself available for the easy outlet. That was actually the weirder part of the Letang sequence. So Jari just tried to smack it out of the zone. He wasn't trying to pass it to anybody or uh, whatever would have been going on through his head in that playoff. He just tried to whack it out of there, and Stepan ended up getting it. No big deal. No big deal. Nothing about Jari has been a big deal in any negative sense at all, all season long. That in and of itself is... Yeah, can't be overstated. When we come back, just one question. And today's J1Q comes from Al McLeod, who asks, straight up, what's your best guess? Does Chris Letang get re-signed? My best guess, Al, is that he will. I don't believe Latang has even the most back-of-his-mind wish to play anywhere other than Pittsburgh in his career. I also know about Latang, not guessing here, that he's very much into money stuff. Okay, sometimes when you hear someone say something like that, it sounds like a shot or a dig or whatever. That's not the case. Some athletes just happen to be more aware than others of what their peers are getting paid, of what they should be getting paid, of their own value, of their positional value, of their value at a certain age, of their value to a specific team. Latang is that guy. Latang is very much the type to have gone to an all-star game and played in one of those three-on-three tournaments 
and really tried very hard to win because there was a million dollars on the line and made no secret of that after coming back with that particular prize. He wants to get paid. He wants to get paid a fair amount. I don't believe that there's some uh, secret surreptitious arrangement that's been made between him and his old agent, Kent Hughes, who now in midseason became the general manager of the Canadians and Latang being from Quebec and everything else. I, I don't believe that that would be a priority for Latang over where his family already lives, where he's already made his legacy, and where, by the chance, he has the best opportunity to add to it. Because really, what is Latang's legacy? What do you think of? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Is it the three cups? Or is it being called the best defenseman in franchise history? And I have people every once in a while try to come back to me when I say he's the best defenseman in franchise history. What about, you know, Randy Carlisle won a Norris Trophy in 1981? Uh, with all due respect, he just happened to be the leading scoring defenseman in a year where the Penguins' power play was historically good. Who else? Paul Coffey? Only here for five years. Larry Murphy? Only here for five years. Dave Burrows from the 70s? Sorry, he's not Latang. Latang owns all the records. Latang is the greatest defenseman in franchise history. All he can do by finishing out his career in Pittsburgh is add to that. Or if you see his legacy, as maybe he does himself, as being related to the three cups, as being part of the core with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, and that they were to add a fourth, and now you're talking about one of the greatest cores in modern hockey history, that also can't happen in Montreal. And then there's the not-so-small matter of the fact that, and it is a fact, the Canadians stink. And they're not in any great hurry to get better, when you look at their roster composition, could you see someone of Latang's temperament, and you know how he gets, because he's shown it a couple of times over the past few weeks, when things don't go his way. Could you see him playing for just an awful, awful team like Montreal? I believe that Latang's focus is on term less than it is on Salary, his $7.25 million salary is a fair price for what he does for this team. And if you got to tack on an extra year of term to compensate for that, I'm sorry, but if I'm the Penguins, I'm making that deal. I'm just doing it. If the Penguins' position is they want three years and Latang wants five, figure it out, fellas. Figure it out. I think it's going to be done. I appreciate the question. I appreciate... Everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins will do another one tomorrow.